Hello, my name is Brother Luke Rowicki. And my name is Brother Andrew Torrey. And here comes the jingle live from Zoom. Well, it's not live. From Zoom. Okay. Tita Tita Ida Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Oh, Tita Gita Ida all right, not bad for being in two <laughs> I should have gone a little bit faster than what I was receiving from you to make it, make it perfect. Yeah, because on my side, it would have sounded better, like more, more traditional, shall we say. Well, we'll, we'll spare our listeners a further rehearsal. So we're recording this episode, Brother Andrew and I, today from two different countries. I am presently in Austria and Brother Andrew's in, back in Rome. That's right. And today we're going to talk about... Something, a very beautiful subject that Brother Andrew um, is inspired to very inspired. Um, yeah, to share. And as well, being in Austria, I've been blown away by the beauty of the Alps, by the architecture, the rolling hills that we all know from the sound of music. We've all seen that movie. That's right. And basically, you are seeing what we've all seen on cereal boxes for the Luke. Of yes. The- of the German German cereals, the Muesli, all that good stuff. You are seeing it. <laughs> yep, firsthand. I'm actually seeing. I'm seeing the wheat that goes into your cereal bowl in the mornings. I'm seeing it like. <laughs> there's a lot of cornfields, wheat fields, farms, cows. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of that. And one of the things that so I'm here in Austria because during the summers, um, when we're not, we don't have classes, some of us will go and visit. Um, friends and families um, of legionaries and benefactors of of the legion. And we want to go and thank them for their support. And so I was randomly chosen to go to Austria this summer with another brother, brother Robert uh, Antonio. And it's been a beautiful experience. We've uh, been going at it uh, for quite some time now, making three or four visits uh, a day to different families who have given to the Legion. And what does this have to do with the subject of beauty? Besides the beautiful landscapes that I've been seeing as I'm driving around is that we as seminarians and as legionaries can give a lot of hope to the church because I think we portray, uh, hopefully at least our, our mission is to portray the beauty of the church. That's right. And we were just also I, with, Brother Luke, I was in um, I was in uh, an area called Hermini, southern Italy. It's near the Amalfi Coast. That's where we go for vacation. We've we've been we, it's a sort of like a vacation house that that our that our order uses um, throughout the year. Um, it, it's great. It's it's right on the coast. It has a it has beautiful views, and and so we've been surrounded by beauty for since the school year ended, and it's just been it's been marvelous. Brother Andrew, what does beauty, like a beautiful uh, sunset over the island of Capri, what does that do for you, for your spirit, for your, your mood? It's, it's, just, it's just good in itself. Everybody knows what it's like to look at a sunset, what it's like to look at you know, a, a river in a, in, a, in a mountain, in a valley area where it's all quiet and it's just you 
walking through. Everybody knows what it's like to look up and see shooting star. I saw one the other day. Um, it was so beautiful. Or what it's like to maybe go through an aquarium and see all the sea creatures. I love going to aquariums and zoos and seeing, seeing all the different animals. And you just have this feeling of, of wonder and, and splendor and awe at, at so much creativity. And there's, there's just the, the value of looking at it and seeing it and enjoying it. It's just something that all of us share, uh, regardless of what, whatever you believe, you know, whatever faith or not, not non, non-faith that you come from or whatever your political party is or, or however much you disagree with other people about certain topics. So, so hopefully we'll unpack all the power that I think is jam-packed in, in this idea of beauty and how it, the church, I think, should, should, should use it uh, for, for her mission. But when I look at a sunset, to answer your question directly, and, I, and, I, and I'm just there enjoying it, my soul feels at peace. I feel, I feel calm. I feel like I don't need to do anything. I, I'm just, I'm just in awe and I'm just at peace. Well, I think that's what, what we have, uh, that's look forward to for all eternity uh, in heaven. And this also, I really like this theme too, because just today I was thinking how important it is to do promotion well. So I was walking down, uh, we went to uh, mass early in the morning today, eight o'clock at a Carmelite um, convent. And then um, afterwards, we walked over to this, um, the family's apartment in this really small city, uh, Gamunden, I'm probably saying it wrong, and uh, in Austria. And as you're walking, there were these different tunnels that kind of take you through, um, like underneath some of the buildings and into these beautiful plazas that open up and things. And I noticed this one poster that kind of struck me was this kind of elderly man stretching out, like he was kind of squatting down and stretching out his hands, holding up crutches in the air. Kind of like that he had just been freed from, um, I don't know, some, maybe some type of aches or pains in his body. And now he was able to walk again. He was, he was smiling big and he had a sun behind him and, and these, the green, beautiful Austrian hills. And it struck me that, that that sends this message immediately across to whoever sees that. And if there's someone in need who has aches and pains or maybe feels uh, – yeah, like they, they have a hard time moving and they see that like, hey, I want that. And then they're going to look for more information. And I was thinking for evangelization today, like, Brother Andrew, what do you think? Um, like, what would, how did that compare, like a promotional um, poster? How does that compare to what the church needs in the field of evangelization today? Like, how, how does that translate? Well, there are different types of, of people that we deal with, right? And anybody who undertakes a marketing um, strategy, any company, uh, school that's seeking um, more students or just any organization um, or somebody, you know, you're trying, a company's trying to hire somebody, you have to think about who your audience is, um, especially, for, especially for us, you know, clerics who are preaching. We, have, we always have to know who, are, who am I speaking to Amen. and how can I get my message across to them? Uh, in, in an effective way. And so the church, the church's big uh, challenge, big opportunity is we have a vast number of people that is not um, receiving the grace of the sacraments. 
And so that's a huge mission to, to bring Christ's grace to all these people. And it's not something that we can do. Um, we can't, we can't, we have to limit the number of people we, we try to get our message to, right? And so in the church, there's, there, there's so many different types of people, right? There are people who are always going to be Catholic until they die. And so it doesn't minister to those people in the same way that she would seek to minister to those who are maybe a little bit more distant, right? And so our big challenge today is that, well, there, there are so many of them. Um, many people who have left the church, for instance, um, whole generations uh, where the faith was not handed on, and so people are not baptized. Um, it was, that was very common. Um, well, in Germany, where I guess you've been visiting Germany and Austria, um, in Eastern Germany, for instance, after uh, communism took over, that whole area of the country, there was just most of the people there were not baptized. Mm. Um, and so that's, I mean, that was a problem of like, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. And so imagine, you know, this problem has yeah. become much more widespread because of, because of indifference. So the, the, the point is, who are we talking to? Who, who is yeah. our audience? And how do we get across to them? That needs to be, a, we really need to think deeply about that because we can't just go right to, okay, how do I, how do I, what do I say? What do I, how, how can I convince people? No, well, first we have to think, who are these people that we want to get, that, we, that we're speaking to? Yes. And also another another theme that goes um, is very important for evangelization um, and evangelizing with beauty. And you're just kind of talking about it, asking ourselves questions. So one question is, who is the audience that we have? There's so many other questions that sometimes we can jump into or dive into talking about the faith before we've asked these important questions. And that's called discernment. It's the with a big D, or it can be a little D too, but a big D because it's a big important part of our faith that um like if we if we don't pray it's hard to do discernment and what is discernment it's it's trying to figure out what is god telling me in this moment or in my life and how do you do it it's it's kind of learning how to recognize that voice through experiences that i that i have that uh during the day through feelings that come through thoughts that come into my head and the more we take those things to prayer and we ask those kind of questions, like, what is God on me to tell this person right now? What is God trying to tell me through this experience right now? Why am I frustrated? Why, why was that? Why was today so awesome? Like I just finished this day and I'm super happy. And, and to look and ask yourself those kind of questions and God is all, who's always speaking to us will then become more and more familiar uh, for us. And that's when our faith also becomes really exciting. And so evangelization isn't um, just like this duty as a baptized person, but it's a mission that I, I want to fulfill. I want to really, yeah, I'm passionate about it. And um, yeah, so like, it's a great, what you just said, a great first question is who is, who is the audience? And then like another question is like, what, I guess, what are the different ways that you can evangelize? And you were talking, um, you're talking about something you read with Bishop Barron. Uh, about like possible routes or I guess actually not just possible, but actual routes that the church has taken to try to reach out to people that maybe have fallen away from the faith or don't know Christ and kind of some yeah. things that he had. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So before I respond to that specific question, um, yeah. what you said about discernment, I think is really key. And that's kind of basically the approach that we're taking to TGIFF. Our whole, our whole dunque hermeneutic 
So like the yeah. way of looking at our lives with a discerning eye, I guess you could say, like the things that we live, things that we experience and trying to, to process it, you know, with, with faith. Um, what you, what you just, what you just said, I don't need to add further, you know, um, with that attitude of discernment, what God is telling us. Um, it's so important. And it, and that's, and it's something that I obviously we're, we're learning to do and hopefully we can, you know, with our, with our Dunque, um, you know, brand, we could, we can try to help people to, to live, live with discernment because it really, it really gives a lot more peace and, you know, trying to live life more completely, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, so Bishop Barron is, is awesome. Um, you know, he, he has a, a, what's called the Word on Fire Ministries. He has so many videos on YouTube. There are three or four, maybe five videos of his on YouTube that I would recommend. If you just type in Bishop Barron and then beauty, you'll find some of his, some of his top uh, talks. Some of them are long, maybe like an hour, a little bit longer, but they're, but they're very much worth it. So he talks about um, ways that the church has evangelized. And in one of his talks, he, he mentions that there are three basic ways that, that we could evangelize. One way is to focus on truth, focus on the truth. Hmm. And, and this is a way that's been very common uh, in the church's history um, in the past, you know, 50, 60 years since after the council, right? Um, there was a lot of confusion after the council. And so there was a great desire to bring clarity, right? to the church's discussion, right? To, to the pulpit, et cetera. And so some people were um, focused on apologetics, which means defending the faith. So somebody says, um, um, you know, God is not the Trinity. Then the response would be, no, he actually is. And so you go to the Bible and you cite the different sources, you know, where Jesus says, you know, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, or you look up what the church said, uh, from the very you know beginning of the, of the church's history, and so the idea is to sort of react to what is perceived as false by bringing up an argument. That's one approach to to evangelizing. You know, responding not not just in a negative way, but also to create a positive discussion about teachings, doctrine, what the church is saying, explaining, um, and that naturally you, know, you can take different approaches, right? Some people can be more combative, others can for a more conciliatory approach, right? Mm -hmm. But the whole idea is, is truth. Another way of evangelizing is to focus on ethics, focus on behavior, human behavior, what's perceived as good action. Um, this is often a starting point for people um, because there's a lot of problems in the world, right? And so we want to, there's a lot of people who are suffering and we want, we want them to help, we want to help them live fuller human lives. And so a lot of, a, a lot of the um, starting point for discussion about faith often be ethically related. What it's good, what's good to do, what's, what's bad to do, right? And then there's a third approach, um, so neither truth nor ethics or goodness. Uh, there's a third approach that we mentioned at the beginning, and, and that's beauty. Um, beauty. What is it like, Brother Luke, to see everything that you're seeing right now. I mean, it's just, I can't imagine what it's like. Yeah, I, I feel sort of like I'm in a movie and yeah, it's just a huge gift. Like, I think I'm, I'm spoiled. Actually, I know I'm spoiled. To be here, to have a, a month visiting really, really nice people that just, they pull out all this stuff. So when you arrive to um, these people's houses um, that they've been friends of the legionaries for a while, 
um, or some of them barely know us, but they've kind of received um, our magazines in the mail and they, they see, wow, you know, the, we, they read about who we are and our mission and they want to support us. But when you arrive to their house, they, they lay out like their tables and they, they um, it was actually this one kind of funny <laughs> instance we went to a family's house and um, they said, okay, would you, what would you like to drink? We said, okay, well, a juice, please. And she's like, you want coffee? You're like, yeah, sure. That'd be great. Thank you. So we got our juice and coffee. And then she says, well, would you like um, to go salty or sweet? Um, and so we said, um, sweet sounds good. Like, okay, great. So she brings out these awesome, delicious, like chocolate cakes that she had made. And I was like, okay, okay this is so good. And we're eating those. Um, but we actually, this was like an afternoon meeting. So we'd had lunch with someone. We eaten a lot there. So we're kind of full at this point. And then we're, the conversation's going well. And so she says, well, um, you all want something salty now? And it was always, she had, like, it seemed like she was asking the question as if she, like, she hadn't prepared anything, but if you'd like it, like I can prepare it. And so we said, well, yeah, sure, let's do it. And she brings out like immediately like these four huge platters of stuff that were like all like catering like style folded <laughs> uh, hams and um, cheeses and tomatoes. I think perfectly cut. And I was just thinking, well, I'm so glad we said yes because like she prepared all that already just in case we wanted it. So it's just like these little details, and you say like, man, I'm so spoiled. Like, to come to these people's houses, and um, but it also it's it shows the faith that they have in the priestly vocation. Um, and who we are. And so it reminds us that, um, that, yeah, we do have a big mission. Um, and I just think experiencing the strength of their faith has been even more beautiful for me than the, um, yeah, the rolling hills and the beautiful snow-capped Alps. Um, it's the beauty of like a deeper, more profound, these people have experienced Christ and yeah, so they live simple lives. Like some of them live very simple lives, but I was thinking like the gospel just of today um, or recently uh, was the the pearl of great price and how, yeah, it's like you don't need a lot in this life. When you found Christ, kind of everything else seems like, yeah, it's it's kind of worth selling that for in a sense, or it's at least putting it in its proper place so that I can possess more fully the pearl the finest pearl, which is, who is God, like this relationship with God that I want to embrace. Um, and so that's actually, that's very attractive. Like they don't have to say anything and it's already like, wow, I want that. I want what they have. Yes. And that is what you just said is I think key to this third route of evangelization that the church can propose. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to say anything when you see something beautiful. You don't need to explain something. You don't need to worry about how am I going to convince somebody. You just need to show something that's beautiful, and then people are attracted to it. And and so you're you don't weigh these people are living their lives like as as a perfect um, you know analogy to the the physical beauty of the, the Austrian countryside and the Alps that you see. Like these people have beautiful souls. Yes. And and the simple you know, um, activities of their lives, you know, as you said, many of them are, are farmers or, or even if some of them are, you know, you know, city folk, whatever, um, little by little, they're imprint, they're allowing the grace of Christ to flood their souls. And that, that makes them beautiful people. And, you, and you're attracted to them because they're beautiful. And I, I, I don't know how to do it, but I would, I, I want like what Bishop Barron says, like, I, I want to find 
in my theology studies right now, I'm about to start theology, I want to find a way to come up with some sort of approach to evangelization in my own, for my own future ministry as a priest, where I can propose beauty. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to do it. Like, I don't know, maybe like the way I preach or things that I read or maybe the things that I write. Um, I don't know. I think, but I think what, what you were just saying, I think, I think it's really key to um, focus on our, not in a selfish way, but to to focus on the beauty of our soul. Because if our soul is beautiful, if our soul is filled with, with Christ's light, then it's going to attract other people. I was just recently, not recently, during this whole time, people usually ask us about our vocation stories. And so in my extremely, I wouldn't even say broken German, I'd say non-existent German. <laughs> I, I start with a couple sentences in German and then... Uh, you know some. I, before we started recording, you were... You were reading off the list of all the vocabulary words that you learned. <laughs> it was like one, right? Yeah. So, but the, like, Brother Andrew, if you, you're, we're asking ourselves, okay, what can I do to show the beauty or like, or evangelize through beauty? Think back to our own experience. And I was just, th- so I've been telling my vocation story. I went to, to our seminary in, in Connecticut, um, not knowing much about the Legion. I knew a little bit growing up. I had been to some camps. Uh, I had not knowing at all what I wanted to do with my life and thinking like the priesthood's maybe like the last option, like that's not even on the list. And then kind of just can, in a moment of kind of confusion of, of my, my own life, I guess, of um, like I was living in a college lifestyle and I was feeling sort of empty. I didn't know where to turn. I, I went to this talk and, and so like I had hope that I was going to find something in Connecticut, but I didn't know what. I didn't know what, and I've been thinking just about my, um, what attracted me to deciding, because I was going to go as a guest, I was going to be there for a week, as you know, because you were there, and uh, I decided, you know what, I'm, I need to stay longer and really check this out, because they have something that I don't, but I want it, and so the, the beauty I saw that they transmitted was a beauty that they were, I guess, first, first and foremost, they were convinced by it. So I remember brothers telling me about how they pray to Mary every day. And I was just like, that's, that's weird. Like, but it's awesome. Like I've never done that, but that's, that's really, really cool. It wasn't just a rosary. Like, like maybe I would pray it before just how many guys Lord and just kind of like flying through it. But it was like, I have, I have a heavenly mother. I have a mother in heaven looking over me. And so I'm going to ask her for help and I'm going to tell her what I'm going through. And, and she listens to me and she helps me. And they're convinced by it. And so I'm attracted to it because it's like, yeah, I don't have that relationship with Mary and I want that because I see how that affects their lives. So maybe that's yeah. a good place to start for all of us. Speaking of discernment to say, okay, if I want to help my neighbor, if I want to help my, my child, my spouse get more convinced of their faith, well, instead of just going like Bible thumping or going to, like my apologetics book and saying what you're doing is wrong, Maybe go back to what attracted me first to the faith. Or what attracted me first to Regnum Christi, if there's a Regnum Christi member listening to this podcast. Or what attracted me to getting more involved in my parish, if that's the case. Or, yeah. you know, what, what was it that, that made me sell other things that I had in the sense of the, the pearl of great price that said, you know, I'm going to dedicate more time to, to my faith. Yeah, and it's that, 
And that's what's key. Well, at least for us as religious, you know, as those consecrated to God, we always have to go back to that, the beginning of our call, what initially attracted us. Because if we're not in touch, one of the dangers is if we're not in touch with that initial spark of, of beauty that we experience, then we can, then our hearts can grow cold, right? Um, and we can, we kind of lose sight of, of the initial fire that we, that we first, first felt. That's why uh, it's really important to, to always go back, right? To what was that initial fire that, that, that attracted me? Why, why, you know, maybe I've been in, you know, I've fallen into routine, you know, my faith, you know, why, why don't, why am I, why is my faith life not exciting right now? Why, why, why isn't it? Why, why, you know, like we should ask ourselves this, you know, if, if it's the case and like, what can I do? Because our faith is supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to give us new life. Um, it's supposed to, to, yeah, to, to fill us with a, with fullness. Um, and, and we don't always, we usually uh, don't always experience this like on an emotional high all the time. Right. Of course. But, um, there, should be sort of a, a constant um, peace in our hearts because because we're followers of Christ and and the fire in our in our hearts needs to keep needs to keep going. Sometimes the flame will be a little smaller, um, but it needs to but it needs to keep always going. Um, and so yeah, so I think we need to this third route, um, the road less traveled. Right? It's not as it's not um, it hasn't been trodden on. You say trodden in English or treaden? Treaden. Treaden. I think. Tridentine. Okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, hasn't been tridentined enough. Um, <laughs> Just it's kidding. something that we that we should that we should look at as as a church because everybody likes beauty. Everybody likes beauty. There's nobody who doesn't like beautiful things, and that's and that's what I, I and we need to be beautiful people above all else. Um, we need to be beautiful people because I don't know. I've I've I always think of there's a priest here in my in my community who um he he's he just has a very deep prayer life and i i'm very attracted to this priest because he's he's just full of god and every time he preaches um you know he just speaks very simply mm. and he he just has so much wisdom in what he says because he's in he's in touch with with the beautiful one all the time um and there are so many so that's like a spiritual beauty which might be a little difficult um as a first approach but there are other ways that that the church can reach out with, with beauty right there are, there's art there's um music that's a really that's a really big um route and i think you've been the past past two years really you've been you've been touching into some music right yeah i've dedicated more time to music i've always loved it um and as you were talking that's the first thing that came to my mind um just right now was like everyone loves beauty and i was just thinking i've experienced a lot recently how everyone loves music and uh, maybe not everyone loves every type of music. Like not everyone loves rap or not everyone loves country or not everyone, not even everyone loves Gregorian chant. Does anyone like country? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You, you offend- I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't uh, offend like two thirds of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of our listeners come from the South, I think. So, um, but I love country music. And, um, but for, for me, I've seen in small ways. So, Going back one year ago, I was in Austria again, my first time in Salzburg, playing music, and I was connecting with young people that I didn't even speak the same language as them. But through music, through beauty, they were attracted to come closer 
to huddle around the brothers. And then little by little through, uh, well, a lot of them spoke English. <laughs> we were able to get in deeper conversations, but it started with beauty. It started with good music, uh, music that they know. It was like pop music that like they immediately hear like, oh, I love that song. And um, speaking of country, the biggest hit in Salzburg was Country Roads or Take Me Home Country Roads, you know, John Denver. And that, that is a good song. <laughs> it's a great song. Um, but it's like this universal song. And like, so we have to find universal songs when we try to evangelize. Like, what is a song that everyone will be able to understand and enjoy and go there first, but don't stop there? Because we all realized it wasn't enough that we were just, we had a guitar and a microphone. But we, were with our, we had our collars on. We had a big poster that said, why not priest? And we invited young people to come up, spend time with us, and little by little, by little share our vocation. And it's, it's a small way of evangelizing, but uh, they don't forget it. Actually, just another visit um, here in Austria, there was a, the young man and his girlfriend, and they remembered us from Salzburg. <laughs> Wow. Like we were talking and I mentioned like the Loretto community that puts on this event in Salisbury. She's like, ah, were you with the Why Not Priest brothers? Like, yeah. So she remembered like that there was something about it that, that impacted her that she remembered of all the different events and all the music actually that they had at the, during that weekend. And it was Pentecost weekend and they do it every year in Salzburg, the Loretto community. And it's very well done. She remembered that. And so I think beauty has this way of, of going deep, and remaining and it's kind of just um yeah it grows or it can grow and that's a way that we can help the faith grow yeah yeah absolutely so one of the but there are I mean, there are different ways that we can propose this way of, of beauty in the church right we talked about um music um another way is art right um one thing that really attracts me and, and you as well, Brother Luke, here in Rome is all the beautiful churches. Oh, yeah. Um, which is not a common phenomenon, I, I think, in the States. Um, <laughs> you know, the, 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 par the parish communities are, are very beautiful, right? But the churches themselves, many of them, they often <laughs> leave a lot to desire, right? I get to, put yeah. it, to put it um, diplomatically, right? <laughs> so that would be another way of of contributing to beauty or are people who have artistic talent, um, you know, well, figure out a way to, to, to use your, the talent that you have, you know, drawing or whatever. Um, I don't know, to make a, a parish community more beautiful or, um, what, what else? Music, um, beauty, uh, writing people who have, who have talent, uh, and, and writing or, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. There's just, there's so many ways that, that we can, beautify the church's message and that we can um you know cast out our nets and make our nets a little bit stronger by using um yeah these 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 means that are sort of pre-steps on the way to the faith like the we often talk in theology we talk about the preambula fidei like the the steps that sort of lead to the faith like a sort of prerequisite kind of um hmm. because you can't well today um, you don't talk to them about the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, you know, r r usually right off the bat. You usually don't do that, right? You, no. you, <laughs> you know, it's not your common street, street corner talk, right? You, 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 you engage in small talk with them. You, 
Um, so, and, or like, or like common, you know, evangelists in the past, like St. Philip Neri, for instance, who lived here in Rome, you know, he would, you know, play games with kids or I don't know, maybe he juggled some stuff. He would do things that would attract them. We need, we need to do that as well. We have to, we have to attract, not because the church needs bigger numbers or because we, we want to have success. Um, no, the church, um, Jesus does not ask us to be successful. Jesus asks us to be faithful and and we have heaven to spread to other people we have because because jesus founded the church of which we're a part he, he gave our, our church um, so many gifts to help people get to heaven and we want other people to have that and we want other people to have success and in, in spreading this um and so we need to try all these new initiatives we need to we need to get messy we need to you know be uh, zealous, you know, and, and be willing to make mistakes um, and be courageous. Um, but there are, there are so many ways, I mean, that this, that this pathway to beauty can open up that the other ways, um, truth uh, um, or ethics, don't open up. However, these other ways are important because, as Bishop Barron says in one of his, in, in his talk that I listened to, he says that once we have people um, once we've had them listening to us, once we've, we've attracted them um, to us because of some, I don't know, some of the, some of the different ways of beauty that we talk about, music, uh, whatever, um, and, not, and not, we should underline, we're not, you know, trying to, uh, how would you say, we're not trying to trick people, right? It's not like we want to, we want to get them to do something, right? It's like, we want to attract them because we want to share them something that's, that's so beautiful and good for us that we want them to have it, right? But once we once we have them um, listening to us, then we can begin a conversation, maybe about you know what what the church might say about certain topics, or um, and so the first step is is to to get them there. Yeah, and I think there's so many dunques that all of us um, just reflecting right now. Kind of, we are basically this episode has been brainstorming how to beautify the message, as Brother Andrew put it, and. Like there's so many doing quotes you can pull from that because if I'm listening to this or if I'm, or if I've thought of this in other moments, I can ask myself, what talents did God give me? And the, the Bible passage of the talents can be kind of scary sometimes maybe, or we can kind of think like, Oh, that's not fair for the guy who had the one talent and he was trying to like play it safe. And he just gets that taken away from him. Like, you know, the, the Bible passage where one's given 10, one's given five, one given is given one talent. And then the, the King goes away and he comes back. And he wants a count um, for like what they've done with their, these gifts that he's given them. And so the, the one multiplied is 10, got another 10, one multiplied is five. Uh, when we, we read this, this Bible passage, they can think like, oh, wow, God's kind of demanding. Or at least that's crossed my mind reading it. Well, God's really demanding. Like, what if I just want to enjoy my 10 talents? Like, is that not good enough for him? And like, does he just want me to be happy? And no, he wants me to be even happier by multiplying those talents because God is one of the first uh, bystanders in this history of salvation in creation. He wants us to be with him co-creating. And so he gives someone artistic talent. He gives someone else um, high IQ. He gives someone else, uh, I don't know, fortitude, like different virtues that we all have. Why? So that we can be part of... Um, of God's work, God's creation. Um, we can share as, as priests in his, in his fatherhood. We can share 
in his, um, his creativity by using our talents. But the dunque here can be, okay, well, what talents has he given me? What virtues do I have? What gifts do I have? And put those at the service. And the dunque comes because then we're not just doing, like we always say, we don't just do, we. Dunque. We dunque. But now all of a sudden my life isn't just about getting through Monday to Friday to get to the weekend, but it's every day I am participating and collaborating with almighty God in this epic battle of the salvation of souls and with eternal consequences. I mean, what's bigger than that? And I can just do that by drawing, drawing nice pictures for the parish, or I can do it by writing songs or sharing my musical talent, or I can, and in some small ways we're taking part in this like epic battle, which is almost, it's even more epic than the trilogy of Lord of the Rings, you know? Oh my gosh, brother Luke, I have to, I don't know why you mentioned that comment right there, but yesterday I just finished the, watching the trilogy of Lord of the Rings. So that comment was just so apropos. Um, (laughs) And while I was watching the extended version of the, the third movie yesterday, which was about four hours long, (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, it was just great. I just felt so excited and alive. And I felt uh, as I was watching, you know, these different towns of, of the, the, the world that Tolkien, Tolkien created Middle Earth, you know, being attacked by the dark forces of Sauron. And then, you know, the forces of good fighting against it, you know, Gandalf and uh, Gimli, Legolas, all the characters who were, you know, trying to help Frodo, you know, destroy the Ring of Power. I just felt seeing all that action and the way it was done in the movie, I just felt invigorated, want to do something with my life. I felt like I want to, do, I want to be in that battle. I want to fight against evil. I, I want to do something great with my life. I want to, I want to risk my life. I want to not be afraid of death. I, I want to do that. I, I want to be part of this because it was so well done movie uh, because well, the story it's it, because of it flowed from Tolkien's pen. Uh, this is a man who received talent from God, I think, to create this this yeah. world, and he spent you know his whole life investing in it. And what a, what a beautiful um, testament he's left to humanity. And and it's just it's just so it's so awesome uh, it, when you, when when you have something that's really well done, that's beautiful, and that attracts you. You don't need to talk about like like this movie doesn't talk about faith in Christ at all at all there's a lot of symbolism there that you know many people you know associate with with the faith right but the story has value on its own as a story and it, and it transmitted to me um a desire to to i don't know nobility generosity you know these virtues that that we want to live so beauty beauty is powerful yeah very powerful so but andrew to wrap up any any final inspirations or comments uh if you are listening to this podcast and you're just like, okay, what do I do now? Or you're like, um, yeah, you're just like saying, um, right now, what would you say to that person? Well, um, I think we talked a lot about external, external ways that we can manifest the beauty of the church's message. Right. I think the most important way and the, the, maybe the hardest way, but I think the most effective in the long run of showing the beauty of the church's message is by being beautiful ourselves. And that's because there's nothing more beautiful 
um, in the world. And the beauty of a soul that is overwhelmed by the grace of Christ. There's nothing more beautiful than that because the soul is the most, the highest, most dignified part of who we are as human beings. It's, it's immortal. It was created by God. And I think the way forward, if we want to be effective evangelizers, yes, we need to, we need to give our talents to, the, to, to others around us, to our families, to the, to the church. We need to think of, of beautiful paths by which to share our faith. But all of that has to flow from something that comes at the, from the foundation. It has to come from our friendship with Christ. It has to come with the encounter that we have with him on a daily basis, the, the, the most intimate friendship with him possible. Um, because the soul, our soul is what we're going to take with us to heaven. We're not going to, I always, I'm always very tempted. Um, you know, I, like, I'm not very athletic. I'm going bald, right? So, I, so one of my temptation is like, man, Brother Andrew, you're just like, it's just, it's just true. Like, like your, your, your body is just falling apart, you know? So there's a temptation to like, I need to do more exercise or I need to look better or whatever. Um, and so, and, but that always, I always try to remind myself, well, your body is going to crumble away one day. So like as, as much um, as, 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 a, as beastly muscular as you are right now, all of that is just going to, why are you laughing, brother? Really? You're not going to be, or what? <laughs> just for all our listeners, right? But all, all of that is just going to—it's just going to be ashes one day. And so, yes, I need to do exercise, but I have to remember that what really matters is my soul, and and the beauty of of my soul comes is, is a work that that Christ does, yeah, that, that God does. And so, so I would say, work on the beauty of your soul by 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 your, by a prayer life because. That is what people are attracted to in the end. That's that people see it in your eyes when you're talking to them. They, they can feel peace coming through you. Um, and that because, because it comes from Christ. So, so pray, 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 pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to inspire you. But, but above all, pray. Amen. I love that. Because in the end, like you said, it's not us that will get the job done and have these um, luminescent souls, but it's going to be Christ working in us, you know? So let Christ work. So this summer, the dunque of this episode, first and foremost, is let Christ work in your soul. Let him make your soul a beautiful image of his own, of the, of the sacred heart of Christ, right? But the more, more we are like Christ, the more we're like ourselves, the more fully alive we are. So it's all, in the end, it's all about letting God work and, letting, and becoming more like him. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And so with that, we're going to say our tagline and let's not make it awkward. Let's do it right this time. So the Andrew, what's our tagline? The road less traveled. No, right? we don't just do. Oh, that tagline. <laughs> we don't we just have to do. agree on this before we record. <laughs> we don't just do. We, we do, Quay. All right. God bless you, everybody. God bless.